getting sued Cause of you feelings I handle with care Brothers recognize your life, they can't handle the glare I ain't the type to walk around with matching shirts Relationship is effing, I'm at your work Be the one to make you happy, it's hurt you the most The end is near, come close to the most high Regardless of what happened or him, let's rely Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Beats, Brews, and Points of View podcast. I'm your host, Neil Richter, along with my partner in podcasting, sitting to my left, E-Man Bates. The PIP, that is it, and we are at Stat Garden's release party for Hopewell's Hey You for episode 136. Yeah! Hold yeah. <laughs> up. Anyways, that uh, song that I started the episode... I was saying that it's just not true. It's, it's, it's Cap, to be <laughs> Sorry, that was the wrong one. That was the wrong one. <laughs> uh, to start that off uh, there um, tonight was Common performing live at the uh, Detroit Jazz Fest a couple weeks ago. Um, the reason we wanted to start it with a little bit of Chicago and Detroit mixed together is because of the guests we have today um, from a couple of different breweries, one out of Chicago and one out of Minnesota. And I will kick it over to E-Man to give these guys a proper intro. Yeah, man. So these guys got together and collabed on this uh, Kolsch Lagered IPA here called Hey You. We have Phil from Fair State and Jonathan from Hopewell Brewing. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show, guys. I appreciate you guys coming on for us here. And then yeah, shout out, shout out to Mark too for uh, getting us all together over at Mark Stack Garden. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah man, no, definitely. Yeah, man. Thank you. And then also shout out to the uh, the member of this team. This person that put this together here shout out to frost is rad for actually getting definitely shout out to our good friend yeah, yeah, frost yeah. um but yeah so we want to ask you guys a little bit of questions but before we do that we want to definitely try a little sip of it i'm not drinking the same thing as they are because obviously you guys know if you listen to the podcast i don't drink but i am drinking a uh casamera club alta um which is a non-alcoholic soda company that is right out of detroit here um that stuff's I've, great and i've yeah, got a little bit of a history awesome. yeah i've never tried this stuff i was like blown away when he showed me their entire cooler of non-alcoholic beverages i'm like holy crap you guys have a lot of selections out here so <laughs> i thought that was pretty cool um but yeah it says uh we like to end a long, a long day with a crafted considered drink for a long time that meant reaching for a drink with alcohol it's so easy to find with delicate flavors and aromas uh, we crave in a cocktail, fine wine, or craft beer, but it's much harder to find the quality drinks without alcohol that have been crafted to let our minds relax and wander. And that's why we decided to make our own. So yeah, it's it's formed here um, in Detroit, and uh, if you guys get a chance to try it, I would go check it out. Let me see how I think of it here. Oh shit, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it does not suck. That's really good because most of uh, I feel like you have a lot of non-alcoholic drinks that are really low on flavor, and this thing is packed full of flavors. So yeah, I really enjoyed this. That is a perfect review. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm not as great as the descriptors on these uh, on, on these drinks as he is. He's more of the uh, beer drink man. But uh, no, that's great. I mean, I, and I think that's a testament to Detroit. Uh, Detroit's beverage scene <laughs> yeah. where you don't need to have alcohol at a rad bar like the mm-hmm. like Stock Garden. They have awesome options outside of just beer or just wine or, or whatever. Yeah, uh, It's cool that the non-alcoholic uh, sort of scene is beyond just non-alcoholic beer. It's like rad 
pop. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you call pop in Detroit. We, no, it's pop. Yeah, that's pop. Yeah, that's sold as a southern okay, thing. I'm, I feel I'm, like. I'm yeah. pop. Or coke, you call it coke in the south? Soda pop. <laughs> <laughs> Soda pop. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely enjoy that. We'll try that again. I'm, I've been on a quest to find some good stuff. I've been sticking to, you know, mostly the carbonated water and stuff like that. But yeah, this is a good... Uh, have you tried soda. one of those phony Negronis? I just tried one no. today. No, phony Negronis. It's no. a phony Negroni. I know the distributor that we are on, uh, we, we share a distributor, which is part of the way that we met. Yeah. Uh, but they have this, this funny-looking triangle bottles of something called a phony Negroni, where it's they got the Negroni cocktail flavors. It's bitter, uh, but it's all non-alcoholic. I just tried one of those today, and it was, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about what brought you here to this place. Like, how did you get the connection to Detroit? Um, and how did you get your guys' beers here in this bar? Yeah, well, a, a little background on uh, our brewery. I'm Jonathan from Hopewell. Mm -hmm. uh, Hopewell is a brewery in Chicago. Uh, we opened seven years ago. And when we opened, uh, so in 2016, we were self-distributed, meaning that we were small enough that we were allowed to deliver our kegs you know, I was delivering our kegs directly to the bars. Mm -hmm. You know, driving a van around, doing the sales, delivering to bars. And then we started to grow a little bit, added a canning line, uh, and it started to make sense to expand a little bit. You know, hire people both in Chicago uh, and think about going to other markets that we liked visiting or that we thought that our beer might have relevance in. Uh, so I had been visiting Detroit for for years. My wife uh, grew up in the suburbs here, okay. so we still have a lot of friends. In Detroit, and would always come and like go to shows at uh, like UFO Factory. Our, fr our friends play at a lot. Hey, the hot dog place. Uh, I love we it. We used to go to Logger House, and uh, it was just we really loved it here. So uh, when we met uh, the distributor, because with alcohol you have to sell through a third-party distributor. If you go over, I know in Michigan like how it works. If you go over two thousand barrels, like if you're self-distributing more than two thousand barrels, you legally have to go through distributor. Yeah. Otherwise, it's you know you can do it independently. Yeah, yeah. and that's true. And then if you're out of state, you'll always have to go with a distributor. Really? Or maybe I just wouldn't want to self-distribute across a couple of states to get to Michigan right. either. I mean, they won't um, let you traffic beer across state lines. <laughs> I thought this was America. But for us, the first place that attracted us was Collect Beer Bar. Uh, back in the old location. Love that place. They used to live in Chicago. They reached out directly to us and asked if we'd be interested in, uh, in, in selling them beer. They, they thought we could just kind of send it to them uh, at the time. And it was, no, we can't do that. But actually, that does sound interesting. I do go to Detroit a lot. I do really love the city. Uh, we, we think that our brand does have, like, we could kind of uh, be relevant to, to people here and, and be something people wanted to drink. And so we kind of started talking to people who could sell it and, and met our distributor and actually noticed that the distributor was already selling two brands we really liked, Fair State mm -hmm. and Shaxbury Cider. And they were like, oh, well, if they went with them, we don't really need to check up on them too much because we respect <laughs> both you, of those other yeah, Were you dealing with Kyle over there at uh, Collect? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Kyle. He's a good guy. So, yeah, I, I, love, I love that place. Last time I was there, uh, six months ago or something, it looked like they had a kid. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations yeah. to them. They're Big deal, man. Growing. And Have you been to uh, Two Birds yet? Yeah. Down here on the east and side? I, yeah. I love it. Yeah, that place is, yeah, like great the, cocktail bar as well. The place I haven't been that they are affiliated with is, is Huddle, the ice cream. I haven't. Oh, right around the corner from there. Yeah, yeah. and I think that they, they own that as well. Yep. And, I love ice cream. I don't know why I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, the soft serve ice cream, dude, it's solid. <laughs> How late are they open? 
<laughs> we are going there right now. Fantastic place. We should, or how early Take we should go the there road. for breakfast. <laughs> but that that was what really brought us to Detroit. Is that we, you know, it was a city that we were interested in, that we loved visiting, that we thought that we could have some relevance in, you know, in, in the select spots, and um, we found a great distributor to work with. Uh, and so through that, we kind of met uh, met Fair State. But how, how did Fair State? So, uh, I'm Phil. I work uh, for Fair State Brewing Co-op. Uh, we are union-made and cooperatively owned uh, brewery out of Northeast Minneapolis. Uh, we started nine years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're having our anniversary party this weekend uh, at the tap room. Um, I actually came from Chicago, uh, worked in beer bars, um, then, you know, wanted to have a life, have a family. Mm-hmm. My house was like, I can't keep closing bars yeah uh, <laughs> i know so, that routine. so i joined the dark side of distribution <laughs> like the amount of people that are like oh welcome to the dark side mm. uh, uh started working for a distributor got into the it was great being a beer buyer and beer director at a place and like being able to do it but then like moving over to distribution and being able to like oh all these bars now i can have some influence on and do and did that um then i got transferred to wisconsin Mm -hmm. uh moved to wisconsin started the same uh thing for the same distributor uh it used to be called wurtz beverage um if you're a hockey fan you probably know about the wurtz family the blackhawks Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, so danny wurtz very good friend of mine uh convinced me to come over to start working for them um and then brought all these breweries to Wisconsin. And while I was there, we went to Minnesota uh, for Cider Week. And everyone was like, oh, you need to go to Fair State. You need to go to Fair State. Like, everyone's talking about them. Uh-huh. And so we headed over to the tap room. Each one of us grabbed a different beer and we all had the same, like, impression. It was like, oh, this is really good. What is going on here? And came back and, and it, I couldn't get it out of my head. And I kept on bugging my sales manager, like, we should talk to them. We should bring this in. And so five years ago, six years ago, uh, we brought uh, Fair State to Wisconsin. A year later, my boss left the distributor to become the national director of sales for Fair State. Uh-huh. That's what's up and then you. he hired me to run Wisconsin. And uh, so I've been working for the brewery for two years, um, but selling it for five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a crazy thing that you get to work for one of your favorite breweries in the country. Uh, I do feel like a used car salesman every once in a while. <laughs> I tell them, like, uh, you should really buy this beer. It's one of my favorites. And I'm yeah. like, of course you'd say that. Yeah. Of like, no, that's the way that I felt yeah. before I worked That's why I work here That's why I work here I'm not saying that because they pay me to. I actually right, like it. Like, it's really good. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, like I will like check out for a second here. And, like I'm, I'm literally, I will buy our beer with my credit card yeah not the company record yeah like yeah. because that's what i want to drink <laughs> yeah yep. um but then i mean the reason why we're here uh is i think it was over a year ago uh hopewell popped up and like we use uh a, like communication like the teams thread thing like uh 
and they were like, hey, there's there's this brewery in Chicago, uh, Hopewell, and I wasn't super, super familiar because I moved nine years ago, and you, you guys we opened were, seven, yeah, right. So they were not open while I was there, mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, uh, kind of know these guys down there that they might be interested in doing a collab, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like even when you guys were getting started. You had reached out to, to Evan, Evan yeah. as of like what it, the cooperative meant. Yeah, like it was once we were open, out. and we were just interested in. I mean, Fair State has the most unique ownership model in craft beer out of ten thousand breweries in, in the United States, and it, we were just interested in, in in how that works and like how that works for their employees. And we've experimented with some of the stuff that they're that they've done in the past as well. So we met with Evan because he was just visiting. Chicago. He, he went to law school in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, so right. was already down there. Yeah, and we we were like, well, we'd love to work with you guys. You know, it was sort of one of those like long shot things where we were like, you know, stars in our eyes. Like Fair State's a really cool brewery. If you guys ever want to do something, and then you know, in the in the time since then, we we grew a lot, and and you guys yeah. continue to grow a lot and grow into new markets. So and yeah, it, it, it recently, popped up. It, it popped up that like, Hopewell is interested in. And doing a collab, we, uh, because I had worked in Chicago, uh, it was very important for me to start selling yeah. our beer there again. Like, and part of my overall plan of launching Chicago was like, okay, I can do this. I can go to these accounts. We can do that. But it's about being part of the cool kids club, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk to other friends that work at other breweries that I'm friends with. And let's do some beers because, like, there's nothing better than being like, hey, we're buddies. And let's make a beer together and put our label or our name out on your stuff and get your reach. Yeah. And, and versa visa. Like, it's a lot of networking. I mean, because the craft beer market is very small in a way where everybody kind of knows each other and they kind of work together and things. I mean, obviously, like, you got your ones that are just out of this world like you know everywhere but the actual independent scene and like the small batch scene and things like that everybody knows each other yeah. i've noticed and it just brings so, more people yeah. to your product because i'm and sure I mean, you guys have what, your core yeah. group of, of people that support yours and you guys have now you guys yeah. both have totally each other's so it, well yeah. and most importantly it's it's really fucking fun yeah you're totally out here, yeah. no, no, but we, <laughs> we we went out it started with we did a collab at Fair State. So yep. uh, Hopewell, I own Hopewell with two partners, Samantha and Steve. I was going to go into that, actually, because you guys met in, I was reading a little bit of your bio online. So you guys met in college, right? Yes. And things uh, like that, yeah. uh, me, Samantha, and Steven met in college. We went to uh, the state school in Illinois, U of I in Champaign. Okay. Uh, Big Ten school, uh, but it was big enough that you can kind of find your own lane and uh, find your own crowd that in, in, in a smaller group than the 5,000 people in my graduating class. So um, we were the people who were very into craft beer, the three of us. And we were homebrewing together, and we were going to Fryer Tuck and buying every single bottle we could find on the shelf. It was all bottles then. Uh, and we kind of came up in beer That together. was not that long ago. It was not very long ago. <laughs> bottles went um, up. But we, so we, we uh, became interested in beer together, kind of went into our own careers to build our skills. And uh, I'm, I built my career in sales, Samantha built her career in nonprofits, and now is our operations sort of and branding lead. Uh, and then Steven had the most direct uh, career path in beer where he was a brewer. He went to school for brewing at UC Davis. Oh, wow. 
wow. he worked at Widmer Brothers or the CBA, the Cracker Alliance, uh, making you know Kona Red Hook, uh, all of those brands. The big Goose wave, Island, Goose Island yeah. for a little while too, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, moved from there to Brooklyn Brewery before we opened up Hopewell. Uh, so that's just a little background. But the three of us in this relationship started by flying out to. Uh, Minnesota and just having a blast with Fair State, <laughs> making making a, a beer and, and for that one we made a hoppy uh, rice lager. Yep. Uh, for for them Premi- to sell premium light lager. Yeah, and uh, so that was super fun to go see their brewery, which is much larger than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're in more states than we are, and they've been open a little bit longer. And the the brewery they have is we were just so jealous of their space. We're open on a like industrial street in Chicago with yeah. no loading dock uh, <laughs> just, just an alley that we're bringing all the grain yeah. and all the kids up to so we were very jealous of their space and it was just really cool to see and kind of work with them and like ask them questions like how are you doing this hop water it tastes really good um, and then uh, so we started with that collab and this is the second collab mm-hmm. that we've done with Fair State uh, called Hey You where we're like let's just do something totally different than either one of us have done. Uh, is Hey You a uh, playoff Pink Floyd? Uh, it is. Uh, it, and it's based on a psych song. Yeah, but it's a it's either. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so the first one, too, was. The first one was uh, a King Gizzard song. Yeah. I love King Gizzard and Lizard yeah. Wizard. There. I love yeah. listening yeah. to them, too. Yeah. I just am the worst with song names, honestly. I'll yeah. just throw music mm-hmm. on. Well, Hey You is an old Pink go. Floyd song, so that's what totally. I figured that that was from. Well, <laughs> and, and I've used that in, like, social posts yeah like, because there is like a line in that song that says like you say that there's no hope yeah so, like, it's like, like <laughs> yep I, I, I tell you that in there. Uh, but uh unfortunately as a sales guy and uh when they were make, i was there the day they were making it uh but i was not there for when they were actually brewing it because i actually had too much sales stuff to go do <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, they were asking like what uh what song you're listening to? Like I have no idea. I was, it, at, I was at this account. In this yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's a good question, and it's whoever gets there earliest oh. at the brewery puts on the music. So it's usually Cam on the package. That is a great concept. <laughs> whoever gets there gets like control of the Sonos yeah, for everybody. That, you're yep, gonna yep. make sure that you get to work on time. <laughs> yeah, for yep. sure. That's yep. For sure. And honestly, Ooh. we we went through like three Sonos speakers and totally blew them out. <laughs> now we just rigged up this old uh, like stereo. That we just like plug the iPod into the into the stereo, yeah. so we can crank it way louder. This thing's bulletproof; it, it'll never <laughs> break. Uh, so, but the, the iPod seemed better. It's funny, like I didn't know. Um, like we are buddies; like we're, we're roommates. Uh, like we on this trip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, we stayed last uh, last night in in Grand Rapids together. We're staying tonight together. Like, uh, it's it's what I love about this industry. Is that like uh, you talked about uh, some of the bigger breweries? Where like th- there is this like no, uh, they're my rival. Yeah, they're, like, they're definitely a little bit of gatekeeping. In yeah, that like community. And, absolutely. And, and, like that is not how I roll. It's never been that way. Like even when I was a buyer at, at a bar, like no, like it's all of us. And today, he was at an account selling my beer. I was selling his beer. We did an event last night with our friend uh, Wes from Oddside Ales in Grand Haven. Dude, I love Oddside. Uh, yeah. I stopped at an account today, and while we're talking to them, it, like Oath Distributing was not selling to this account, but um, 
Old Miami. You guys mm. yeah. know that? Yeah. All too familiar. So, right, Old sure. Miami, um, my I'm, – I'm getting, like, it's shivers right goosebumps. now. Get those yeah. goosebumps every time. Well, because, uh, like, one of my most influential people that I know in this industry is Mike Roper that owns the Hop Leaf. Okay. He's literally in my phone as Godfather. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's shit. awesome. Okay. Uh, and we were driving down the street – uh, going to some accounts and drove past him like, holy shit, there, there it is. <laughs> I've not been there, but like I've heard stories of this forever. Like, we need to go back there, even if I just take a selfie. And Real, our oath rap was like, I would love to sell. Like, it's one of my favorite bars. And we went in there and talked to them, and they love the beer. And they're like, well, do you distribute onset ales? I'm like, no, but that's my buddy. And just text them right <laughs> then. Awesome. I'm like, hey, here you go. Like. We're all in this together for the right reasons. We're all friends. Like, with their production manager from outside came to our event last night. Like, it is, uh, it's the cliche thing of rising tides, but like, we literally are doing it because we'd love to do an event by ourselves and be like, hey, we're here. Mm -hmm. You're you're welcome. I'm giving you my beer. Mm -hmm. But no, I assume nobody knows who we are. Mm hmm. And maybe if I have Hopewell with me or Oddside Ales or whoever else that I'm buddies with, maybe some more people will come. But at the end of the day, I get to hang out with some friends. Exactly. And everything works better with collaboration. We could try to say we want to pit ourselves against each other and competition is good and this yeah, and that. Yeah, you don't want to step on the next guy. Things flourish way yeah. better when you're collaborating and working with other people. So No, you don't want to step on the next guy just to get over and things like that. It's all a collaborative effort. Like, everybody at the end of the day is trying to do the exact same thing. Like, want to get to the exact same place in some aspect of it. So it's just more of, like, having, like, that collaborative effort to, like, really, like, work together and, like, you know, work towards one common goal, you know? You guys want to, like, distribute, you know, like, different states, and you're doing that. Like, this is dope. Yeah. Like, you know, Chicago, Wisconsin, or uh, Milwaukee. Wisconsin. I, I live in, yeah. I live oh, in Wisconsin, so yeah. like, okay, you're, perfect. you're good. And then coming to Detroit, I mean, that's like, you know, you got part of the Midwest covered right there. Yeah. So, and a yeah. great business decision, too, because Michigan is kind of like what California is to weed with beer, you know? We're like the beer capital going on right now. We've got a bunch of the Shit. award-winning beers. We're so. like the weed capital coming, too, now, <laughs> too. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, that's big. But um, but no, it, it, and it's a good market to be in over here with that. Um, and it, it's crazy to me how quickly the craft beer industry has grown too. Because you know, I turned 21 15 years ago, and even just 15 years ago, most of the people I knew were drinking your regular basic beers. You know, Budweisers, Bud Lights, Millers, all that kind of shit. And now, just 15 years later. I mean, you'd have to pay my dad to drink one of a Budweiser or something like that. He like he there's no way like we're all in beer snobs so, now. It's like we all got these full flavored amazing. So that kind of came around like the early two thousands too. Yeah. I know like when like ice beers were like a huge thing and like everybody was going for like these high gravity beers. Like you don't Dude, know what ice gives House me was the first legal beer that I bought. Really? <laughs> and they almost didn't card me. And I was like, please take my ID. I walked to a Seven Eleven in college. It was like. Here we go. And she didn't take my ID. I'm like, I'm like please take my ID. It's great. Um, but yeah, like these like, uh, but like from the actual craft beer revolution is just kind of cool. Like being, you know, like seeing it. I was way too young in the early 2000s. So obviously I wasn't around for that part. But like seeing like how, you know, 
when I first got into craft beer, I actually remember it was... It was what was blue, your first beer? What, I was just about to say, man, to? the beer that really got me into beer, I think it was... Honestly, I think it was a Miller Coors beer, but it was called, like, Blue Dog or something like that. It had, like, a blue dog on it. It was it was some... It was a beer made with blueberries. Oh, really? I remember... Yeah, it, was, it, poured, it poured all purple. What was your go-to, like, my first craft beer that made... Wild Blue. Not like the Wild Blue. That was the name of it. Your, like, go-to... First beer that made an impression, I'm going to use two. Okay. Hacker Shore Half. Okay. And then Bourbon County Stout. Back, Holy balls. Back man. when it was in 12 ounce bottle, four packs yeah. for 20 oh, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I worked for good. And they, I probably sold you and some. And they of couldn't those. give it away. <laughs> I, would, I would go to the Wine on Taylor and buy, oh, yeah. buy, buy, buy that. But in college, I remember someone brought it. I drank a whole bottle, and I was like, that was pretty good. He's like, holy shit, you drink a whole bottle of that? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the flavors are just so gigantic in that yeah. that it, it makes an impression real quick. It's like I think it was different for me because, like, I did not – I was not your typical teenager or college student. Like, I didn't drink that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, like, I didn't start drinking beer until I was 20. I was not that like party kid. Yeah. Anything. It's actually really good in the long run for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not mad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I think that by the time and I grew up in the East Coast, um, but by the time that I got to that point, my palate was more developed, and uh, obviously Sam Adams is a huge brewery, or whatever. But like, at that time was very East Coast centric, and so. I think I was home uh, from college, and my mom was, like, bribing me to, like, fold the laundry. She's like, hey, if you fold this laundry, I'll give you a six-pack of beer. I'm like, done. No problem. And she bought me a six-pack of, of Sam Adams. Yeah. That's a great one. And, that's like, that's awesome, actually. how I started. Like, and, and I feel so, like Sam Adams would probably be my first, like, experience yeah. with some kind of craft beer. Yeah, and like, then, like, when I went back and, yeah. to Chicago to, to, to college, like, I think my go-to for the longest time was Jim Dundee's Honey Brown. I've never had. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Honey Brown. I Dude, used to have Honey Brown. I used to have a cabinet full of that glassware. <laughs> Wait, is that the one with the barrel, like as artwork on it or something? I think um, there is a barrel, I mean, right? Yeah. I yeah. Think okay, so. Never mind. I have that. It, it, it. Yeah. And I don't know that I ever bought a six-pack. It was the twelve-pack. <laughs> oh, The twelve-pack was <laughs> such a ridiculous price. Like it was probably eight ninety nine yeah, right. back at, at the time, and it was my grilling beer. It was my like go to everything. It was at yeah. the Jewel Osco, of course. And you gotta get it at the Jewels. Like it was amazing, and I remember years later being a buyer of a beer bar and realizing that one of my distributors had that in their portfolio. No one has ever pitched it like to me ever. Yeah, of course, I was like, wait, you have Honey Brown in your portfolio? Like, yeah. Can I get a sample of that? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, why? I'm like, because I kind of want to know, like, has my palate changed enough? <laughs> Do I still like this beer? Oh my god! Or like, has everything changed? Has like, I don't know. Yeah, when but, you get older, like the whole palate changes sometimes. Totally. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. I hated IPAs when I first started Dude, drinking. Sierra Nevada, the them. first time yeah. you had it, you're like, this is the hoppiest <laughs> thing in the world. Oh yeah, the pale ale. Yeah. This is the hoppiest thing in the world. <laughs> we we went. There was a bar we'd go to because we met in college at U of I. There was a bar called Murphy's that, like, you know, looking back on it, it's not a craft beer bar. They just had a couple different taps, but they would have Honey Brown, uh, 
and any any range of other beers, but I remember Honey Brown because there was a keep the glass night where they must have just been hemorrhaging money trying to get college students mm-hmm. on Honey Brown because it was like I don't know two bucks for the beer and then another two and you keep the glass or something like that and they were these gigantic tall glasses that every single one of my friends had as their like bedside uh, water water glass, water yeah, glass. Yeah. <laughs> but that was how I mean that was how I also tried Spaten for the first time during Oktoberfest. Well, that was how because we at that time, well, at least for me, I, I'm a little bit older. We discovered last night that I'm a little bit older. Than I think we're around. <laughs> <laughs> but like at at the beginning, craft was import. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It it was, you know, it, you bought shitty import beer, thinking like this is bad. yeah, like oh, <laughs> this is so much better. Yeah. I remember one of my good friends would buy like the, the best stouts from from Binnie's, like imported Samuel Smith stouts or, or whatever. You'd be like, isn't that awesome? It tastes like tastes like soy sauce. Oh, <laughs> have you ever had like the and you're chocolate? Like, yeah, man, I'm I'm totally getting that soy sauce, and you're like excited about it. It's like a meal in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever it? had the chocolate stout from uh, Samuel Smith? Speaking oh, of which, oh yeah, Dude, or, it's like super what was rich. The Young's yeah. double chocolate. Yeah, I remember I've being had, a big thing. Young's double chocolate was chocolate. I've never milk. tried it. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. It was the pastry style before pastry style. It was. <laughs> it was so good. I just actually picked up a four pack of uh, Sam Smith organic chocolate stout, and it, it's you know sweeter than I prefer now, but it was fun to revisit. It is. Speaking I'm, of my, bottle, I like it, but it's still diabetes in a bottle. To be, yeah, I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you, but it is a good like tasting beer. I, I, I think my I, I think I can credit my mom for so much of my beer career. Now that I'm thinking back about it, is that like, <laughs> I think it was home, I, yeah, I think it was home one time, and like, I have a bunch of younger sisters, and I was home from college, and I think it was Easter, and they wake up and they got their Easter baskets, and she's like, look in the fridge. <laughs> that's your and, Easter and basket. Four pack of Smith, <laughs> so I want your Easter basket. <laughs> I do want to like, what got? I just want to ask, like, what got you guys into the craft beer, like? even wanted to like pursue this path i would say in a way like were you guys home brewing were like what what actually got you like in this direction um no i did not homebrew we were big home brewers we were really enthusiastic horrible homebrewers <laughs> that's usually we, how it we works we loved it and it so, was just all that we thought about it was all that our we co-founders that that's how we about. like it's funny because uh, we're doing this and i'm learning about hopewell that i didn't know but like our co-founders, uh, uh, Matt and Nico and Evan, met playing rugby, but they homebrewed together. Mm-hmm. And that's how they started uh, deciding to, to make Fair State. Uh, but no, I never homebrewed. Uh, I know that it takes a really long time and I'd be horrible at it. Yeah. I know too many people that make good beer that if I have a beer idea... They'll stink up your house, too. Oh, right. <laughs> no, you know, I've brewed at the house. I've brewed when we lived yeah. together a few if, times. If I yeah. had a beer idea, I know who to go to, yeah. and they can yeah. make it better than me. But Why it, would I do that? But it wasn't always that way, right? Oh, I totally. Mean, when we started, like, we would go to Fryer Tuck, but, you know, we were 19 or something at the time. So it was legal for us to buy home brewing stuff and not legal for us to buy to buy alcohol. How does that work? So, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. Cause, I mean, it's like yeah. similar to bread ingredients. I guess like yeah. extra but, steps. But yeah. we would uh, we would homebrew because it was like st- styles that we wanted to try, and it was just an exciting. It was all we thought about when we were home brewing, and it, and, and you sort of get the idea in your head at that time. It was so cool to open a brewery with my friends, 
And, you know, we didn't open for nine or ten years after, after we had kind of gone our own way in our career. And when, when you finally do open, it's a totally different thing. You're, you're running a business now. You need to think about, like, what does it look like to compensate employees properly? What does it look like to grow the business and, and, and service debt? And yeah. All of that. Um, so it's... The fun, sexy world of craft beer. Yeah. It, but, but the initial, like, nice love grain of out the action. beer and, like, the trying different styles. And I think more than, any, more than trying different styles now, we're finding a lot more joy in trying to nail styles. Yeah. Trying to, like, zero in on the beers that we're making year-round or the, the specialty stuff. I think that um, my, my new interest in craft beer is just trying to get better and better at the stuff that we're doing rather than just trying a bazillion different things. Right. But initially, the interest was, I want to try everything. I want to try absolutely everything. Dude, that's kind of how I am with this show. Like, last week we had some, uh, it was like a pickle goes, I want to say. Oh, uh, yeah. di- was it a It was distill. Oh, distill. Yeah. Did you talk I, to Matt? No, I didn't. No, we didn't We didn't have them on. I just, like, picked it up oh, at the store. Okay. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I'm going to be honest, it wasn't for me. And I'm like, I kind of want to try this. And that's kind of what this show is about, is just try different things yeah, and, like, yeah. see what I mean, what we've done like 136 doing, episodes. Like, you know, like, yeah, we definitely want to mix so. it. We used to stick to, like, just Michigan-based beer for a long we, time. And we still have for the most part. Yeah, been, I mean, a, we have, like, few, like, deviations here and there. And but, there's a yeah. long way you can go with just that. Michigan beer Dude, 100%. Yeah. Um, and switching gears a little bit, because this is a beer and music podcast, one thing I've noticed in my travels and going to tons of music festivals and concerts over the year is how synonymous beer drinking and live music is. And you notice when you go to, like, I was just actually in uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, yeah. um, for Blue Ox Music Festival a couple yeah. years ago. We got invited to do some uh, press pass stuff there. And I noticed, you know, most of the main vendors there are different craft brewing companies. So I was kind of curious to ask you guys if that's something that you guys have plans on maybe attempting to like work your way into, you know, sponsorship at some music events and stuff like that. Or like, are, are you guys big into the music scene at all yourselves? Or I'm kind of I'm a recovering just... musician. Okay. Recovering <laughs> musician. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 we actually were talking to the, like, so I, I'm very familiar with that fest, okay. uh, Eau Claire. Uh, I hope that you spent time a yeah. little bit in Eau Claire. Yeah, we did. In general, like, uh, the scene there is great. Yeah. That town is amazing. Uh, there's some great accounts there. Um, where did you stay? So we, we like, it's a, it was a camping music festival. Yeah, so you camped there. We camped, camped there. Okay. And then on the way home, uh, my buddy Andy actually is friends with Katie Leinenkugel. So we were able to take a I've tour. I've heard that name. Uh, <laughs> is that from a brewery? Or something? <laughs> so we were actually able to take like a really cool tour of the Line and Kugel uh, facilities. Well, if, on if the you're way ever able to declare again, uh, my go-to place to stay is a uh, uh, hotel motel called Oxbow. Okay. And it's a music uh, hotel. They when you check in, they have a whole vinyl selection that you can bring to your room because every room has a turntable in it. And so you check it out like a library. That's awesome. It's amazing. And their records don't suck. Uh-huh. There's like stuff that I totally want to steal. Yeah. And I asked them like, so what's the like <laughs> non-return policy? Like, and she's like, I don't know, it's like 25 bucks. I'm like, amazing hotel. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, no, we, we talked to them. Uh, we were actually trying to do our uh, hop water uh, there this year. Yeah. Uh, 
and and then timing just didn't work out well. But I think we're looking at that for for next year. That's uh, really cool. Uh, because I th- I think that that fest um, they do a lot of really cool things at that. Uh, they really actually, do. Actually, uh, uh, Justin Vernon's bringing back wow. his fest for next summer. Okay. As well, so there'll be a blue ox and his fest. That's cool. Um, so One yeah. of the guys we got to um, talk to for a little bit too is an older um, kind of bluegrass country-ish uh, artist. If you're familiar with Charlie Parr, he's from uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. He is from Duluth, Minnesota. Oh, Duluth, Duluth Minnesota. And I'm getting very close to the mic because Charlie Parr is the fucking man. The man. And he is a national institute. <laughs> yep. Charlie and like Parr. the sweetest man ever. He oh, was so friendly and so God. nice. <laughs> I want to hug you right now because you just said Charlie Parr. <laughs> uh, I do know Charlie Parr. Uh, Charlie Parr is from Duluth, Minnesota. Um, he is very good friends with a bunch of my friends. He has recorded at the same studio that my band recorded at in Duluth, Minnesota. A visit to Duluth is not right unless you get to see Charlie play. Yeah, yeah, so, it's yes. it's unbelievable to watch him too. Like, and it's so funny because you know we Charlie were... almost slept in my house. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that is actually pretty nice. <laughs> uh, he played a show at the Subterranean in in Chicago. It was all lined, and then he and he's like. Uh, my wife needs me to come home tonight, so I'm going to drive home and I'm going to stop and sleep at this gas station. And it's, like, it's like, all right, Charlie. He couldn't but, have been more down to earth. Like, we're oh, in the backstage area with where all the artists are. He's just walking around like, you know, he's just like a normal dude. And then he goes on stage and it's like the crowd just erupts. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's like the Beatles to bluegrass people. Dude, he is so, so good. My, uh, two of my very good friends from college, uh, one lives in Madison. Uh, the other one lives in Rochester, Minnesota, and uh, my buddy Madison's like, "Hey, Ryan's coming in. Uh, Charlie's playing at High Noon Saloon in Madison. Like, do you want to come?" I'm like, yeah. Well, we realized that like he's opening for somebody else, uh-huh. and so by no means are we like, "Oh, we need to buy tickets ahead of time." We're like hanging out, and we get there, and it's like show sold out. Like, what? Yep. Like. This is why he drove from Rochester. Um, can we go in and at least buy something for the merch table? They're like, yeah, that's fine. As we go in, we're like, hey, Charlie, <laughs> um, sell us some of your stuff. Like, we just want to give you some money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's great. Um, Super awesome. I'm a huge fan. Um, he he recorded and is very good friends with my friend Eric Swanson that runs uh, Sacred Heart Studio in okay. Duluth. That's uh, where we recorded. Um, but yeah, Charlie is a institute. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that you have that story oh, with him yeah. too, because that's really cool. And I had such a blast talking to him. And I mean, he was the one of the guys that was willing to sit there and just chop it up with you for you know 20, 30 minutes without being interrupted or anything like that. So that was really cool. Um, that's, do you want to get into the uh, the Minnesota Chicago? Yeah, I was going to do that. Yeah. So we do. Um, we're we we're going to kind of tease a little bit of uh, info on Minnesota and Chicago, but we also do this segment on this podcast called Something Old, Something New that we're going to kind of marriage these two things together here. Um, and each week we talk about some some new uh, artist, band, or album that we're listening to. And then something you know a little bit older that we're listening to, and it doesn't have to be brand new. It could be something that's new to you, or it could be something yeah. that just came out. Um, but yeah, we were kind of discussing you know the history of both cities because they have such a rich history. You know, both in Minnesota and in Chicago. Um, you know, we, we're big rap fans, so I obviously am a big Atmosphere fan. 
um, out of there, but then also fucking Prince, you know, and, yeah. and Bam 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 Bam. <laughs> Who was that? I'm not familiar. But you know what else that I was reading today that I found fascinating that they were talking about was the emergence of the, like the punk rock scene in Minnesota in the or in the mid '80s, and they oh, said yeah. that that was a really thriving uh, scene in the concert area uh, to go on there. So I just kind of wanted to, you know, because obviously you guys know it a little better than us. So like, what are your guys' experience with um, music out uh, that way? Or hold steady. That's oh yeah, I, I mean, so I mean, if you're talking about right now, mm-hmm. what I'm listening to is, and it's crazy timing, but like the replacements. Mm-hmm. Okay. Minnesota, the replacements. Paul Westward, like they just released their first major label uh, album, Tim. Okay. But as the anniversary, they had somebody remix it. Oh shit! And. It, it is sounds really good. By far the best like special edition anniversary edition remix remaster thing that I've ever heard. I'm I'm in not my familiar life. with them. I'm yeah, going to be honest with you. It's, a, it's yeah. a perfect brand to bring up on a drinking oh my god. <laughs> but, yeah, the replacements one of the few uh, the short list of people that have been banned from Saturday Night Live ever playing again. <laughs> nice. Um, it's them and Kanye. Love it. Them, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Elvis Costello. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the replacements uh, Tim, it, they this one? took yep. They cool. took the original stuff and like the first mix. Like, there's some debate. There's people that are just like, yeah, this is great. This is what we know. Yeah, because that's what you got exposed to. Yeah, right. You don't know any different. But there's like audiophiles that are like, oh, the bass is super muddy. It's yeah. this or whatever. They went back and took all of the tapes, all the tracks, and remixed it. And all of it, there's nothing new, but there's all these things that were not like audible or like yeah. were not really in the cuts, and it's just so tasty. Yeah, like nothing is super flashy. You're always gonna get a snob here and there that's gonna be like, oh yeah, I want the original, I want the fuck ups, I want the Nobody. bad mixing. Nobody, Nobody. Everybody, <laughs> like it's, it is. I want that studio crisp, but like. Perfectly mastered. Yeah. Like, no, this is so much better. Yeah, it is. It is hands down so much awesome. better. Awesome. I got something new to listen to. To the point where, like, um, I made a super cheesy like comment that like I wish that George Lucas had them remix the special <laughs> edition because like the, the special edition would have been so much better. Oh yeah, like, no. Han would have shot first. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And not only you would have saw it under the table. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And he would have been drinking so, if the replacements uh, were doing it. For the last week, that's all I've been listening to. Okay. And, and it is so amazing um, that every time I listen to it, there's something that I've never heard before. You know, like... That's the best. When you listen to something for a long time, mm-hmm. like, the second you hear something that's different, you're like, whoa, whoa what, what was that? that? Yep. Right. You know, like... Uh, when you unplug your headphones just yeah. a little bit, yeah, <laughs> and it does that like weird, like is this surround sound? Is this like this weird, like it's just one channel thing? And every little thing, like oh my god, there's like so much more piano in this, or like there's some weird like backup vocals that I'd never heard before, but it's all just the most tasteful right amount. So that's kind of like a two rat. That's like a something old and a something new. Kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. No two that's, that's pretty perfect how you did right. it. There. Before we go into that's Chicago, a, well, hold on. Before we go to Chicago, we got to finish Minnesota up real quick. Okay. I got one for right, Minnesota right, real quick right. before we go. Um, so for my something old, I chose to stay in Minnesota 
And as I just mentioned before, I'm a big Atmosphere fan. Yeah. And uh, his album Seven's Travels is turning 20 this year. Wow. Uh, which oh is crazy to think about, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. So uh, that was the one that I went with. And that, you know, that's their third full-length studio album. It was released on September 23rd, 2003 um, through Rhyme Sayers. And um, it contained two singles that uh, kind of made a little noise. But Atmosphere has always bubbled around the, um, the underground scene. So... They had some placements, you know, in on MTV2 and stuff like that. And um, one of the songs, uh, Trying to Find a Balance, actually made it into Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Part 2. But they've done, I think they're like really inspiring, kind of just like uh, Tech 9 is, because they've managed to have very successful careers, never being with a major label. And, uh, and not only that, been able to put on other artists under their Rhyme, Say, uh, Rhyme Sayers imprint. Um, and I just find that really inspiring. I think that's really cool. Um, and they're still dropping fucking great music. I think they have new a new album out right now. So um, go check out Atmosphere Seven's Travels if you've never heard it. That is my something old. Got and it. E-Man, now I can kick it over All to you. All right, so Chicago. I'm going to do something a little bit nerdy real quick because I did a whole research thing on Chicago music before we go into this. There's a rich history so there. There's <laughs> a very rich history of Chicago music. So I'm, I'm, I'm bear with me. It's going to be super dope, though, where we're at. He's just talking about the band Chicago. No, I'm just kidding. I, I have a whole thing just on the band Chicago. That is absolutely <laughs> oh, Dear God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> All right. So, of course, our listeners know that Neil and I are diehard for the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan as a whole. But since this episode, we're dealing with Hopewell, which is a Chicago-based brewery. We couldn't do this episode without talking about the rich music history that our cousin West of 94 provided. Because of this time constraints, I'm going to do this as very abridged as I can because I do want to do like a, I could do a full episode, probably a full easily. series just on Chicago oh, easily. Like music easily. as well. But we're going to kind of keep it like a little bridge. We're going to keep it kind of short. But Rush Chicago has deep history in the roots of house, blues, gospel, rock and roll, and of course, hip hop. Mm -hmm. Gospel, a genre of music that was brought over during the transatlantic, tra transatlantic slave trade was a way for slaves to express the horrors and pains of slavery mixed with African music traditions. By the way, it made its way to Chicago around the 2010s uh, during the period of the Great Migration, where black people were fleeing the South in hopes of, to avoid Jim Crow laws that were going on there. They made their way north. Chicago blues became more of an electric, quote, urban take on the original blues that was started there in the Deep South. Introduced electronic piano, guitar, and sound distortion to the fold of it. So you have like your Muddy Waters going Cadillac on. Cadillac Records. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, this later branched off into the surge of the rock and roll, like surge in the late 40s and early 50s. Chicago already established a name for itself as a staple in the blues and then eventually branched off into what we now know as rhythm and blues. The city played a very intricate role into the rock and roll revolution. Yes, it did. Later down the line, going into the 1970s, early 1980s, in the form of electronic music was starting to take fold in the world by storm, combining disco, European synths, 70s soul and drum machines, and a steady 4x4 time signature, and usually coming in around 120 BPM. Chicago's house music started making waves in the warehouse, nightclubs, and after-hour scenes over through the city, becoming globally recognized around the world. So quick footnote about this, there 
there is debate going on which was first between Chicago House and Detroit Techno. My Detroit bias will not allow me to comment on that. But another reason why the cities are married together, too. Yeah, that's why I'm an Eric Cousin, man. Gotta love them. But, you know, at heart and our core, Neil, I can speak for you too on this, hip-hop heads. Yes, sir. At the end of the day. In hip-hop, we know we started in the boroughs of New York, and we always give credit to New York for birthing the genre that we love so much. And openly, we do, our part of this podcast is to give back to a form of music and an art form that we just love so much. Chicago has given us some of the greatest artists in this industry, ranging from the backpack alternative to the, the gangster rap subgenre of drill music. Mm-hmm. Notable Chicago-based artists, and I'm about to fly a bunch off right here at you guys. Wilco, Chicago the band, Common, Kanye West, or yay, Fallout Boy, Herbie Hancock, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Smashing Pumpkins, Muddy Waters, Lupe Fiasco, Chance the Rapper, OK Go, Sam Cooke, Mavis Staples, Disturb, Chief Keith, Frankie Knuckles, Twista, Saba, No Name, Vic Mensa, and Malaya Jackson, who settled in Chicago at 16, but she's originally from New Orleans. And more marriage between Chicago and Detroit. That song that I started the podcast with, The Light by Common, is produced by Jay Dilla, who he worked with his entire fucking career, who's his, like, you know, his mentor and everything, Detroit alumni. Rest in peace, Excellent Dilla. segue into my something old, like water for chocolate, baby. <laughs> that is the best segue we could have said. That was up. perfect. We didn't even practice that. It's a good podcast. It's yeah. <laughs> a great list of Chicago yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So, like, Water for Chocolate is the fourth studio album by rapper Common, released March My favorite Common album. It is my favorite Common That and B are, like, one and two for me, but I do love, like, Water for Chocolate. I, I just love Common on Sesame Street. <laughs> like, the belly breathe thing. Like, it's... That got us through so many hard times with my kids. <laughs> and, and Sesame Street is my number one. This was pre-softer uh, era Common. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, the album uh, is actually Common's first major label debut, too. I didn't even know that. His fourth, yeah, I found that out, too, recently. But heavily production from Jay Dilla, Detroit native, so, you know, our cousin. Uh, Quest Love of the Roops, D'Angelo, uh, James Pulser. And yeah, man, it obviously the light is like the big sample off of there. Rest in peace to Bobby Caldwell. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely probably up there with B. It's probably my one and two because I mean, B was heavily produced by Kanye West, where uh, like Water for Chocolate was heavily produced by Jay Dilla. So and and, uh, I've seen interview because they had Kanye on uh, Juan Epstein a long time ago. And he, he credits Jay Dilla as his favorite producer, too. I, he's like, I, I, mean, did, I, he's like, yeah. I completely bit Dilla. That's why I was trying to start my... That's how I got, like, learning to produce beats. Did, did you read the book? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know which you read one, the book. Which book? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Dilla Time book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I know Dilla you read time, it. So they, they have that whole thing. They talk, in the Dilla Time book, they talk about the whole rivalry between Jay Dilla and Kanye West. It, and it's know. actually, yeah, it's it's actually awesome. really interesting. Yeah. Uh, if you've never read Dilla Time, it's by Dan Charnas, this guy who just did, like, the most brilliant biography on him. I mean... Before it doesn't even get into Jay Dilla's life until chapter seven, he gives you like a whole <laughs> backstory, backstory of, of the city of Detroit, its music, the entire like, backstory of popular music. Detroit it's was crazy. a, I mean, the, if you look at a map of Detroit and a map of Paris, it's the same. Like actually, like the grid wise and stuff like that. It's like it was, this one yeah, big design. circle. Mm-hmm. It was designed like that. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why they call it Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's a that's a great list. <laughs> yeah, man. The, uh, we we just had the the warehouse just got, got declared a, a historic landmark building in Chicago, like really? the original like house, you know, venue uh-huh. where Frankie Knuckles was like doing all that. That's, that's what's up. That's man. really awesome. They, I would, Go One ahead. thing I was reading about Frankie Knuckles, like just the house music scene too, and not only is it like huge, rich in like Chicago and black owned, it was also like really big in like the uh, the queer community as well mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So like because like Frankie Knuckles coming from that community as well, like it's you know that's a huge thing too. Like that's a turf part of note. Yeah. But, yeah. And shit, look how far that genre has come now. You got Beyonce doing house albums and shit. She so, shouted yeah. out Chicago. I she did too. She, so, she yeah. certainly did in her acceptance in, uh, speech. For uh, was it Renaissance? Yep. yep. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Jonathan, um, what's your what's on your playlist? Yeah. What you listening to? It's a really. I mean, his is his answer was way better than. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine, but like, but I, we all know that we're gonna be less yeah. than, <laughs> than that. But I, I mean, in, in I think. Uh, what I'll highlight that I've been listening to lately, Chicago has a rich history of melodic punk music. Yeah. Uh, so I have been listening to Sincere Engineer. They're an indie okay. band from uh, Chicago. I'm not they, hip. Uh, okay. They have awesome hooks. And, uh, you know, it sounds like punks who got a little too old to continue playing so fast and so loud. So I kind of like that, still actually. still pretty gritty, but um, it's, it's just meeting me right where I'm at right now. And they just, they just did a... Uh, so I guess in old and new, they're they're sort of in the same scene as uh, the Smoking Popes is a great band from well, Chicago. They just did literally just thinking. I think uh, they just did "Don't You Want Me, Baby" with yes. uh, Josh. Cameron. Oh yeah, yeah. I, uh, I saw. So I don't know the band, but I think the senior engineer opened for the Smoking Popes. Yeah, yeah. in Milwaukee, but it was just one person. Yeah, it's just her. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, she's she's got a whole band that's, that. Oh, that's awesome. Is, yeah, I, I've seen her. Good. Uh, and then I guess in terms of old, um, you already kind of touched on uh, house music, which is probably the most, you know, recent like important music that Chicago's had an influence on. So I'll touch on. Midwest emo, which is significantly lamer. Uh, <laughs> Fallout boy, but, I guess. Uh, well, so uh, first wave Midwest emo. Yeah, I got it. I, I kind of came up in the music scene when Fallout boy like had just made it. Yeah, so we weren't playing at the same venues at them as them, but like we were, you know, playing three years after they were playing at those venues okay. and stuff. So they they were sort of a, a signal that it's possible to make it in the music industry, mm-hmm. even though it's not. Yeah, um, for real. But like them, and like I, I went to the same same high school as the Plain White Tees. Oh shit! So like you just yeah. like be playing. My brother would play shows with them. Did, with you, his did band. you know Am Taxi? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Was that you? No, it was not me. Oh, okay, it was my, I was buddy, say, my buddy Jay. Did you guys just learn something like, new about each other? I, yeah, yeah. I, I used to go. My brother would, was of their age and like yeah. playing playing shows with them. So growing up, you were like, you can make it. You just write a good song, and then like you're on MTV. And TRL and, and whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, that was really... before the politics of like how this industry works and yeah. everything got involved. Yeah. But for this, I'm going to go a little <laughs> deeper into uh, Central Illinois, Polyvinyl Records, Midwest Emo, which is very shoegazy, sort of like chimey guitars. So I'm, I'm talking like, uh, uh, like American football. And like yeah, Owen yeah. and like all of that sort of genre. My son's name of music. I want your to teach son's I... name is American football. No, <laughs> Owen, come on! <laughs> but, but I bought a T-shirt of Owen, not even know who they were. Hey, hey Mercedes and Braid <laughs> yeah. and all of those oh, yeah. bands with like really clean, chimey guitars, uh, singers that sound like they shouldn't really be singing. And, <laughs> yeah. um, oh, that's and the best just, thing about rock and but roll. But that like yep. first wave, uh, like Captain Jazz influenced uh, Midwest emo. 
is what I will call out as a historically significant I dig music it. that I, I dig out of Chicago because you already took house music. <laughs> I mean, I went through all the genres, yeah, so did. like everything is fair game. And I didn't know Disturbed was from Chicago. I didn't either. That's I was going to say that. I didn't know that either. I didn't but, know that either. Yeah. I'm down with the segment. When I was doing the research, I'm like, I didn't know Disturbed was from, I didn't know, uh, actually didn't know, uh, what do you call it? Money Waters was from there too, to be honest with you. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, big yeah, time. Yeah. Did not know there, that. Well, he Obviously was from the guy. south, but I think by yeah, way, did, I think uh, the Cadillac yeah, Records yeah, yeah. was in Chicago. Which well, was and we've still got a, a, you know, a decent uh, blues scene in terms of like Buddy Guy's. Yeah, yeah. Has, a, has a venue. There. I saw Buddy Guy on his 80th birthday perform here with Jeff Beck, <laughs> and it was fucking <laughs> amazing. Cow. I mean, the guy I, was so brilliant live. Still, I'm like, this dude's oh, 80. Little, around I swear to God, I saw him 30 years ago on, <laughs> on his 80th birthday. Like that guy's been 80 for 40 <laughs> for years. <real? laughs> when I was when I was like researching, <laughs> I got a music fact. When I was like researching this, and I was checking out actually, this actually combines Chicago and uh, Minneapolis. I didn't know that Bob Dylan actually proposed to Mavis Staples. For real? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Know that either. Bobby <laughs> Zimmerman from Minnesota. <laughs> Robert Zimmerman. That's funny. Minnesota. Yep. Uh, I seldomly travel out of the state of Michigan, but if I do, it's usually to go to Chicago. I, oh, I was actually, weird. my girlfriend and I just went there. We went and saw... Um, Janelle Monet at the Aragon Ballroom. Oh, and that was oh, fucking that was awesome! awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. yeah, amazing, I, dude. That, the Fifty Cent, the Fifty Cent show was great. The too. Fifty Cent show yeah. here was amazing. Yeah, shout out to Fifty. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, Chicago's awesome. I've been out there. Uh, the last time prior to that was probably to see the Motet like ten years ago at a Halloween show or something. But yeah, <laughs> I, I love the city of Chicago. It's so much fun. We stayed right in. Uh, downtown Wrigleyville and mm-hmm. yeah. just everything is right there. I still work so. in Wrigleyville. Nice. Nice. Yep. Yeah, we stayed. It was weird. There was no one working at the hotel we stayed at. Everyone worked remotely. It was uh, the Hotel Collection, Chicago, Wrigleyville. Was it a haunted the, hotel? The only there hasn't mm. been a hotel there for years. <laughs> the only thing that grinds my gears about Chicago is the you parking. You can check in, but you can never check in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I mean, parking in Chicago is... Uh, it is what it is. It's, oh, dude, I, I, has got a I, we took the train. It took me, yeah, I paid sixty bucks to park around Millennium Park. Oh, last yeah. time I was there, that, that that was the greatest thing about moving out of Chicago and moving to Milwaukee is that like I can get to wherever I need to be in Milwaukee in fifteen minutes. It's taken me longer than 15 minutes to find a parking spot yeah. once I get to the place that I need that to. Was, that was one the, the reason thing. my girl and I drove, oh, we took the Amtrak, because we were like, why, yeah. why have oh, a car Oh, so the there? train yeah. is amazing. That's yeah. my gripe about the city of Detroit, is the public oh transportation God. is <laughs> fucking <laughs> awful. I, I say, we normally bike or take the train if we're yep. around. Uh, my, my, like, uh, to tie beer and music, whatever, like, my favorite... Uh, Chicagoers that you didn't already mention, like Wilco and all that, but like uh, Jonathan already mentioned, Spoken Popes. Uh, I am a huge Spoken Popes fan. My my kids are a huge Spoken Popes fan. Like uh, they're amazing. Uh, and then Josh uh, played at our brewery, and I didn't even know he was going to play. I did. It was, not, it was, was my phone not working? You didn't was, tell me that of, Josh was going to be there. It was one of his group. It was, it was he was like doing a group. Yeah, yeah, like one of, yep. one of his groups, and. Um, they started setting up. They're like, "Do you have a PA?" I was like, "Yeah, we got one in the basement. I can set up." And it was him. And I was like, "This guy looks so familiar to me." And um, <laughs> I go up, and he starts singing a Duval song, and I was like, "That's weird. He's covering like, uh, like an EP that probably me and five hundred other people bought." Uh, but that, that's a weird one to warm up with. And then he goes into like a more popular Smoking Pope song. 
I was like, I'm sticking around tonight. This yeah. is, <laughs> there's like 30 people here, and he's, yep. he's playing an acoustic set. It was so cool. I'm that huge, awesome. huge Smoking Post fan, and my kids, like, you know, like you influence your kids, like whatever you're listening to. Yeah, like right. they know it. They start. My kids know more of the lyrics to the songs that I play than I do. It's weird. <laughs> like, yeah. like they question it. Like I didn't know that. That's what they said. Okay. Like well, how could you hear that? Yeah, you gotta um, stop listening to so much Big Frida. Right? <laughs> Dude, hold on. Yeah. No, no, no. We so we went to uh, my girl and I. We went to Roots Picnic not too long ago, and Big uh, Big Frida was actually there. Oh hell yeah. yeah. Uh, he's Amazing. playing in Chicago all the time at the Street Fest, and it is the wildest live show I've ever oh, yeah. seen. It fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> so my 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 youngest daughter has like it was her favorite song was the Smoke and Pope song, and so my old bandmates and I like fo- like it was during COVID and lockdown, like you can't do birthdays, and so we did these videos, and so my buddies and I like recorded a cover of the song, but we changed the lyrics for her. Yeah. And it was great. Like that's amazing. She loved it. She, she loved, probably like, loved like, it. Like, oh yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> well, I, I learned later that like one of the guys that I used to work in a bar in Chicago with is like best friends with Josh. Like enough so that like when Josh and his wife were on their anniversary date, called him and like come to the bar, we're gonna hang out. Oh wow, that's pretty. And tight. and so I uh, you guys know Summerfest in mm-hmm. Milwaukee, it's, like yep. the largest music. Like I'm not. Yeah, I'm not familiar, but that's, dude, that's all, yeah, dude. Please come to Milwaukee. We'll hang out. Okay. We'll go to we'll go to Summerfest. It's the largest music festival yeah, that happens. Like the, the place that Aerosmith plays in Milwaukee. It's it's Wait, what? everybody. Oh, like, oh it's huge. Every, okay. Like, right, everybody. Right, right. Like yeah. so it used to be it used to be one long thing. Like okay. like 14 days or whatever. They changed it uh, especially post pandemic that it's a bunch of weekends in a row because they realize like you're not going to get the same attendees on a Monday and Tuesday night or whatever like so we're just going to do a bunch of weekends in a row but it is the largest names it's like there's more bands playing at one time than any place else that's like, awesome it's all like over it's, it's a festival grounds yeah. like the, the, like and it's kids it's like every type of music all over the place multiple stages it, it there's no place that has more concert stages in a smaller spot than Summerfest in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Smoking Popes are playing this summer. And for years, I'm like trying to take the kids. I'm like, all right, it's happening. So I take my kids. And I messaged my buddy. He was like, hey, are you coming up? Because like, you know them. He's like, no, I can't. I was like, hey, I'm bringing the, I'm bringing the Littles. Because he used to work with my wife uh, in Chicago at a bar. And he's like, oh, great first show. I'm like, yeah, like... You think about your first show. Like mine was Bob Dylan. That's My dad, you know, huge fan. Like, but like, their first show is the Smoking Popes. That's really cool. And and I text my buddy and I was like, hey, and we did this, and I just sent him the message of like the video that we did. He's like, oh my god, that's amazing. Sent it to Josh. He screenshots like, holy crap, that's amazing. And like, next thing you know, on my Instagram page. The smoking popes like this, and smoking popes like this. So they just <laughs> like, went through like a liking oh, yeah, spree. Like, oh, that's yeah, the, oh, that's the like, shit. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. So uh, love the smoking popes. Uh, actually, recently bought a guitar off of a guy uh, from Facebook Marketplace, and you know it's right when like the dude literally has a smoking popes tattoo. Meant to be. That yeah. is awesome. So let's go into something new and yeah, then some, wrap up. Something new for sure. Um, there has been uh, quite a bit of music that came out since the last time that we saw you guys here. 
Um, I've been jamming out to, uh, I'm pretty excited. Um, in a few days here, me and my girlfriend and my old roommate, Sean, are going to see Little Dragon at um, the, uh, where is it at? The Majestic? I think it's at the Majestic Theater. But um, the band that is supporting them on tour is this group called April and Vista. And they decided to... When is that show? I'm sorry, Neil. October 8th. <laughs> Got it. Yep. Um, they decided to put a little four-song EP out with their opening group, uh, and it's called Slipping Into Color, and I like think it's really awesome. Yeah, it's a collaboration oh, between sweet. the two of them. So I'm hoping they'll play some of it with each other when we see them at the show, because that would be really cool. Um, I'm just a gigantic Little we Dragon might, fan. Um, I, might, I might join you guys on that. Fact, you should definitely do that. Damn near, I'm probably going to join Yeah, you, you should definitely that. do that. Um, but yeah, Little Dragon there, like, I don't know, her voice just puts me like in the most peaceful state of mind. So I've just always been a big fan of them. And the fact that they're still putting out as high quality music now as they did when they started is something that's impressive to me as well. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been jamming to the most. There's also a new Nick Grant album out, um, which I have really uh, been enjoying too. What is the name of it? I pull it uh, Sunday Dinner is the name of the Nick Grant one. And then we I also see, enjoyed we, Doja Cat's album. We got to as well. see Nick Grant too, actually. At, yeah, uh, Nick Grant yeah, was, was at Jazz Fest. Yeah, he played uh, with Kareem Riggins and BJ the Chicago Kid and uh, a few other cats at Jazz Fest as part of the, the concert series that weekend. So that was sweet. Um, but then beyond that, there's one more that I want to talk about briefly. Um, and it's by a friend of ours, um, uh, Mike Sabatini. He goes by Jaws That Bite. Um, he's got a new album coming out in the end of October called Lullaby League. And um, it's he gave me a early listen on it, um, and I was able to listen to that today, and I really, really enjoy it. He makes instrumental music. Um, I don't even really know what how to. You can't box him in, really. His his music is its own. Um, and I'm gonna close the podcast with a song that he gave me permission to play tonight um, when we get out of here. But I just wanted to make sure I shouted out Jaws the Bite. I can't wait for everybody to hear this. I can hear this move this music being in movie scores. I could see it getting remixed by rappers. I could definitely see people freestyling over some of the shit that he does. And um, I'm really happy for him. And the fact that his label is putting him like in the, as the front runner right now and really pushing for him to go. So shout out Jaws the Bite. Uh, that's my something new. E-Man, what do you got? So I'm going to fire off a few at you. Uh, the Nick Grant album I actually recently listened to was fucking great. It's the Sunday Dinner. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I enjoyed it. I, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I was not expecting to like this Doja Cat album. Oh, man. It's so good. I was good. not <laughs> expecting to like it. There is... I knew it was going to be several awesome. Several tracks. I'm probably coming back. Like, Fuck the Girls, I'm probably coming back to you. That that's, sounds that's great. That's going on the playlist. Uh, Love your paint life the town, Like even the singles Like I didn't You know Like uh, Paint the Town Red I really didn't like that single When it first came out But actually It opens the album And kind of how it fits In like the actual scheme Of how it works out is actually I, That beat too. is so good yeah. I love the sample I like that, that she kind of Went with the uh, The no features look too So that mm-hmm. was actually Pretty cool as well But yeah I mean she's Just like she said She was like I'm not doing the pop shit anymore This is a rap album You guys are getting a rap yeah. album It's a fucking rap it's album It's pretty great <laughs> It's really good um, That I did listen to The uh, The Sid Diary The Kid album As well that I came did not out. Is he from Detroit? No No? I, no For some reason I thought he was <laughs> no. <laughs> no I think he's from like The West Coast Or something <laughs> like that <laughs> Maybe it's because he was on a song With Royce or something that, I, I mean that. that sounds about right uh, That 
I, I know we've talked about it a few times, but I've been back to scaring the hoes at least like a oh, few times. Shout like, out Danny Brown, Jake. I go back Mafia. to that album at least like two or three times a week. That, yeah. That's one of I think that's honestly maybe the best rap album of the year. That might be my it's weird as shit, album. but it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, scaring the hoes with Danny Brown and, and Jake Mafia. And yeah. as we thought, they yeah. announced that uh, Bruiser Thanksgiving is. It's coming to be them, of so course. Yep. That's going to be fun. So, what about you, fellas? Well, you already kind of gave us a two and one. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't planning that. Oh, <laughs> and the Terrence Martin James Fontaroy album. That album's that, great. That album's pretty great. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Oh, man, that's a yeah. great question. I've been listening to a lot of metal lately. Uh, it's not in the last week or anything, but certainly in the last six months. A band called Spirit World uh, okay. put out an album called Death Western. Oh, uh, that sounds interesting. Just like. It's like if Pantera was recorded better. Uh, <laughs> so like the guitar tones are a lot better. And it, it doesn't sound like that 90s like boss pedal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like completely sucked dry distortion that uh, Dimebag yeah. was doing. Awesome. Uh, but it's also just like sort of a concept album about like zombies in, the, in, in Cowboys. So also I like that. soundtrack music. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But, uh, but I think it, it's been out this year. And that's probably the most recent thing that I've been really into. Nice. Yeah, I, I have, I'm not a huge metal guy, but I like music that like dips their toes in it. Like, I like to see Umphreys McGee live a lot. And oh, they will, yeah. like, they'll you just, an Umphreak? Yeah, they'll fuck you up with Chicago. some metal. And, the, and the that's Chicago how band. I mean, they classify like System of a Down as new metal. <laughs> I'm like, System of a Down is probably one of my favorite bands, period. So, yeah, they're, yeah. Cool. they're great. Yeah. But I do like some hard rock and shit. I just saw yeah. Queens of the Stone Age. By no means is it metal. But I just, <laughs> I it's hard. I yeah. just saw them as well. <laughs> they're cool. Yeah. Their new record's good, too, actually. I love it, man. And they were phenomenal live, man. I saw them at Riot Fest in Chicago. Awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, I had a blast. they had been on my bucket list forever, and for whatever reason, every time they came to town, there was something that got in the way of me going. So I was really excited to, I, to see them. I, I was seeing them, and uh, it, halfway through their set, ICP started. And so my wife and I were like, when are we ever going to see ICP? <laughs> ICP. And so we, we, we go over to the ICP stage, and they weren't prompt. These guys. ICP? I don't know what you'd expect from them, but we wait... Five minutes, they didn't get up. They don't get up. There's just just cases and cases of Fago on the stage, <laughs> and no ICP. We wait ten minutes, no ICP. Fifteen minutes, and I'm like, ah, I don't think like we got to get get back to the other stage. We got to watch another band. Gasm, so. Gasm. <laughs> so you know, whoop whoop to ICP, but I I enjoyed it, uh, Queens live, and I was I was really bummed that I didn't get the opportunity to see them. Because you know it's a business. You gotta, you gotta show up on time. Yeah. You know the, the ICP does not strike me as punctual. No. I, I'm gonna be honest. You know, with you know you. the beef with Eminem and ICP started because Eminem tried to give Violent J a CD and he turned it down, and then Eminem <laughs> went on the radio and said, "Fuck ICP, buy my CD." <laughs> <laughs> I, so I have a friend of mine uh, that actually engineered their very whatever most recent album they put in, and I my first question was like. How much Fago is in that studio? <laughs> and his response was none. Actually, I'm like, oh. I was disappointed. I, I, I knew was legit it was disappointed. That is so for sure. Down. I mean, sure you can drink in Fago for like 40 years, like not 40, but like 20 years. Yeah. But I'm like, there's only yeah. so much body or Fago your 50 year old body can <laughs> sustain. They might keep it to performance only. Now. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty uh, funny. The, the new thing, uh, I, I think it's similar to you, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a an album that's not out yet. So uh, my my very good friend's uh, band in Minneapolis, uh, they're, they're 
making a new record. Uh, I got to help with like some of the mixes and stuff like that. But it's a band uh, called Ahem, H A H A H E M, like Ahem. Uh, uh, <laughs> nice. But super cool, like uh, kind of like '90s pop punk, like. Like it's not punk, but like I don't know, just very ninety. That pop punk sound is kind like, of coming back, right? A but like bit. It, 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 it's not very punk. Like they got pigeoned into that like early on, but it's just it's just good, feel good music. Like my kids love it, mm-hmm. I love it. Like mm-hmm. it has all the vibes. Uh, but the new record that they made, um, I've been listening to their mixes and stuff like that. Uh, they were hoping to release it this summer. Uh, probably going to be next year uh but uh their new record is going to be amazing they recorded phil just dropping in the newest shit yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah. 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 (laughs) that shit is negative one oh yeah Uh, they they recorded at pachyderm studio where like nirvana recorded in utero oh wow oh shit yeah 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 yeah. it's it's legit it's amazing um their their single it it is the the purest of like just turn down all of your windows in your car, blare it, driving eighty miles on the highway, just like summer, just feel like it has all the vibes. It That's feels awesome. so great. But uh, Ahem is great out of out of uh, the Twin Cities. Uh, just tie all that together. And speaking of Midwest, right now, currently as we sit here, Green Bay and the Lions are playing, and we're already running long. So we want to at least watch the second half of that game. Yeah, right. So before, before we, we get about no, it here, no, no, let me read. Let me. I want to read the can off real quick because I didn't. Get oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Usually I do the untapped descriptions. I'm not gonna do that today because it just came out. So I don't. I was also gonna say to plug it. whatever you guys feel like plugging yeah. before we go. Oh yeah. Hey you is an IPA. Hey, you. hey okay. Am I supposed to say it like that? <laughs> hey you is an IPA fermented with Koshis and hop with a blend of Citra, Columbus, and Cryopop from Yakima. Yakima Chief. Yakima Yakima Chief hops. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am notoriously Y-C-H. fuck up like like pronunciation Shout out like to that. Nico Thomas. <laughs> I applaud Yaka, you for the attempt. Yakima Chief Hops. <laughs> Luminously dank and citrusy with background layers of tropical fruit and pine. Brewed in collaboration with Fair State Brewing. Coming in at 6.5 ABV. And what does Dibe use on this, guys? I'm glad you guys are here so you can answer It's a that. couple two tree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't market, but it's probably in the 40s. Or 40s. All right. So I'm going to get it on tap rate in the five just because I'm not going to pull it up. But it is pretty. Honestly, I liked it a lot. So I like the citrus. Like the citrus hops have like that kind of like that citrusy flavor to it. It's nice and piney. It had like that hot bitterness. I do like the fact that it's a coat. Well, it has that coat style. You can't say coat. Because unless it's in Cologne, Germany, it's not a true coach, yeah. but coach style. style. Yeah. Yeah, style. Yep. yeah. But yeah, it's dude. I, I really enjoy this a lot. So and yeah, and I'm not dissing by not drinking it. I'm just not drinking anymore. So which one, which, which ones were dry hopped? Uh, we, we used all of those in the dry hop, but the, the, the biggest influence was probably the cryo pop. Yeah. Cryo pop. Yeah. That, uh, that, that, that's a weird thing that we do at fair state. Uh, it is. Yeah, cryopop is just like all of the like fruitiest and like funnest, <laughs> like all yeah. the coolest shit. And then you make cryo, basically, it's basically hop keef. So it's like <laughs> just like the dust of the hops yeah, that you're gotcha. putting in with none of the vegetal matter. Yeah, and so it just like hits harder. Yep. Uh, and it's it's awesome. It's really cool. 
Yeah, we'll we're, 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 we're can... lucky that uh, we get all the coolest stuff from YCH. Yeah. yeah. We'll also cool. have to make an introduction with you guys. We work, um, you know, one of the people that has been sponsoring us is a brewery called Arctic Circle Brewing Company. And our buddy Devin. Repping hard, baby. The, Repping the hard. Ma- awesome. Our buddy Devin, who's been on the podcast, is the brewmaster. And he's, you know, local as well. So, you know, he, he's really good they at it. They do uh, small batch stuff. I mean, they're getting into the distribution game a little bit. Like, he just got the, he, uh, I, forgot, I don't know where they can at. I don't want to disclose that source. But, yeah, he. Uh, uh, is it that secret? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm saying that because I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. Truth but, be told. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, Devin, like they make some great, like super. Some of them are really experimental. Some of them are really cool, and they're all like music based beers. Like I know oh, he wow. has like the coach we'll called Coach to Four Nine, which is after Royce to Five Nine. Yeah, he did like a yeah. Red G Noble. It was a Red Ale. It was Red the G Noble for Red Man. And my my beautiful cool. dark twisted Shandy, which is. The <laughs> Yeah, they do it's, a lot. Uh, great. Uh, my, my buddy Pete that works for Barntown Brewing in Iowa does uh, uh, the Slim Shandy. <laughs> nice. Gotcha. I like that. <laughs> What's the other one? Just some I forgot oh, where it's at, but Microphone Brewing? Where, Micro, microphone yeah, is Mike, yeah, Mike is awesome. Okay, because I know they, they also do a lot of music based. I want to get. I want to talk to those guys. A couple two-tree beers. Yeah, they, do okay. a, they do a lot the of The MTV one, the Slim, yeah. Slim Hazy, I think, is theirs, too. Yeah. Like, I, I want to talk to those guys. Well, you yeah. should just go to his tap room. Where are they based out of? They're right by us. They're in Elk Grove Village. Yeah. It's okay. like industrial t- city to the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Nice. Yeah, the, the whole tap room is like Marshall stacks and microphones and guitars and, and music puns. Right. Yeah. You, you said Slim Shandy. Speaking of Eminem, him and I just saw 50 Cent live and 50 brought Eminem out at the concert. No, <laughs> that's was pretty fucking wild. I love how Eminem was like, he goes like, you guys got to act like, y'all act like I didn't, y'all didn't know I was coming. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyways, as I stated beforehand, oh, well, actually, do you guys want to plug anything before I yeah, play this last song socials. to uh, get up out of here? No, thank you so much for having us on. Thank uh, you so much for being here. I'm from Hopewell Brewing in Chicago, Illinois. We're in the Logan Square neighborhood of Chicago. We have a tap room open, and we distribute in Illinois and Michigan. Uh, if, if you see us out on the shelf, pick us up and try us. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm Fair State Phil. Uh, we didn't plan it that way, but it just works well it as does. far as the name. Uh, but, yeah, Fair State Brewing Co-op in Northeast Minneapolis, uh, union-made, cooperatively owned. Uh, we distribute to a lot of states, including uh, – Michigan and Illinois and Minnesota and Wisconsin, but we also sell beer to Japan. Like it's oh shit, it's, yeah, wow. It's it's all over. Uh, I think my time in Michigan this week has been amazing. Everybody that we've talked to has been super f- fucking friendly. Uh-huh. Uh It's been it's been great. Uh, I can't wait to come back, not just with Jonathan, but to hang out with all of you guys, and then obviously Stop Garden for hosting yeah, us. Yeah, thank you, Stop yeah, Garden, Garden for hosting oh, yeah. us. Thank you, Mark. You this is amazing. Uh, this building is ridiculous. It's beautiful. Uh, I, I'm just mad that the Airbnb was like booked, so we can't just walk upstairs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next time. I'm just saying that it's just not true. It's, it's, it's cap, to be honest. <laughs> I used to have like the trombone. I forgot what number it was. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Uh, that would be a hard uh, meemaw. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate you guys like for having us on. Um, we just like hanging out with each other and 
making new friends and you guys are now friends so absolutely man. man yeah and we you always have a place to stop by if you ever want us to promote any of your guys's beer on the show or whatever no we just want to drink and we like, will no, do, no, 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 that's that's do that that too <laughs> i just gotta go to the shows you're going to you seem a lot more tuned in than me oh uh, way cooler than me <laughs> <laughs> well uh, anyways as previously stated to take us out of the podcast tonight i want to play a song by my good buddy jaws that bite um, this is a new single that it will be, well, by the time you hear the podcast, it will actually be out. Um, his new single called Burner. Um, here's a little bit of that, and we will catch you guys later. Peace. Peace. Pasta. Pasta. Oh, shit. Point of View is a product of Dream Over Reality Media and sponsored by Arctic Circle Brewing Company.